I'm Murphy, John Murphy. I'm Humes, Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch, Watch World. World. <laughs> I almost said World Watch. <laughs> World. World Watch. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, we are in the next phase of our uh, viewing. It's 2019 as of listening to this. And oh. we're, uh, you know, uh, early 2019. And so we decided to jump into our next franchise uh, a very popular franchise, uh, one of my favorites, and also um, the 002 episode. <laughs> yes, we're in the uh, second episode of our uh, we're in part of the James Bond franchise. Uh, last week, uh, we or last episode, we uh, Casino Royale. Yes, we watched Casino Royale, the, uh, the first, first in the book. book. Yep. Um, I decided that we're going to watch the movies in order of, at least initially, in the order of um, the way ian fleming released them wrote them the order that he wrote them it's a smart idea because there are a number of ways we could break it up we weren't going to do it straight through with things like game of thrones coming out a lot of big marvel movies so this was actually the perfect amount of episodes to do to get us before game of thrones and then instead of breaking up as like okay we're in the roger moore era yeah i think you would probably have gone insane christian if we had to go through first the sean connery then roger moore then you know <laughs> yeah uh, that would have probably i'm kind of excited for the campy pierce bras and stuff i'm not gonna lie i mean it's weird because yes e- i think each bond up until really craig but even even specter had a lot of camp in it like from a modern perspective. oh yeah um but each each bond had a level of camp of course to their thing yeah um it's a it's a part of the franchise yeah more it's camp reflective of its time and this one especially because we today we're going to be talking about uh the 1973 uh movie live and let die which i think it would be so that we don't have to constantly harp on it although i will bring it up over and over again this is a product of its time and very much like the books which i talked about in casino royale very racist very sexist a lot of stereotypes And, and um there, although there were a couple progressive things in it, like randomly, uh, you know, I mean, Bond's relationship with um, Mrs. Rosie. Uh, yeah, with Rosie. Yeah. Uh, the, the CIA agent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure, it wasn't as groundbreaking as like the Star Trek kiss almost a decade earlier. No. But it was still relatively yeah, not yeah. as, you know, I mean, he you saw him like he had sex with a woman of color in yes. the 1970s. On a premiere film. Yes. I would say, okay, so I, the first thing I just want to say about this movie, it's one of my favorites. It's, one of, it's a top five favorite for me. Oh, that makes Be- me uncomfortable, John. But not because of that. But I just want to say, like, because I think it has a lot of interesting ideas, but it misses on all of them. <laughs> it basically is a very misfire of a movie. But because of the subject matter and just the world and a lot of the just kind of pieces that it tries to put together... I really enjoy this movie, but saying that this movie, yes, is a it's it's James Bond in a black exploitation film. It really is a black exploitation. Um, they don't ever use the N word, right? No, because there were like things that I was just like, I was like, tr- they say the H word, they say honky. Yeah. 
Okay. And a couple of their like jive terms of yeah, like the seventies. But they don't get so whatever quite you can into say the... honky. People, you can call white people's honkies. That's yeah, fine. I think no, I, I do it uh, all the time. There but. were some uncomfortable moments with the hillbilly jw pepper the sheriff guy when okay yeah. he, when he calls him boy yeah I was like, when he's arresting that one guy that's chasing bond he's like F- put five fingers on the hood boy well, i mean there's like a reason we don't see the foghorn leghorn with the little like there was yes. the little black bird the, i don't know if it was a crow but he yeah, would always call yeah. him boy and it was a lot of people aren't <laughs> aware that is a very racist connotation yeah it's the one thing, the bad thing about this movie, it is very almost racial tourism in the sense that it's like, oh, look at Bond. He's like going on adventures. Yes. Yeah. I would you know. love to see this readapted to modern times. Yes. Um, without like the, obviously the black exploitation stuff, but I would like to see a modern take on some of it because the Mr. Big stuff, especially when you get to like, it was like we we're on Fantasy Island or some crazy nonsense later on. It was so. Uh, like the epitome of what I think of with James Bond and his secret lair and his yeah. henchmen. Um, so let's ju- let's jump into it. Yeah. Let's, let's... I, I just want to say the one the one big thing I love about this movie, the big idea that I love, it injects a level of supernaturalness into mm. it, something you never see no, ever see, again. That's but that's the thing I sort of hated about oh, the movie okay. the whole time because it felt like at times it felt like Mortal Kombat. And other times, it just felt like Indiana Jones. Yes. Which isn't necessarily bad, but it feels very out of place, and it mostly feels like an exploitation thing. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, people in earlier times were so superstitious, so believing of so many, like, real demons and devils and, like, voodoo this magic. This is very insensitive um, to the voodoo sort of religion, yeah. which is especially, um, you know, actually, w- one second, I want to grab one thing. Okay. All right, I'm back. What is that? That is Baron Samedi, the Lord of Death. All right. So, uh, I've just put, placed a statue of Baron Samedi on the table in front of us. So that I picked up in New Orleans when I was there. Um. Okay. So I've. So I thought it was a very weird opening to the movie. I love this opening. Um. Like where the guy gets killed by like a sonic weapon. Okay. Yeah. That part is ridiculous. So when he That's, dies by ear dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so it has three basically three British agents getting murdered. One at the UN, he dies by a sonic boom, basically in his headphones. Right. Um, the second one is my favorite actually because the whole funeral procession. Oh, funeral procession is awesome. That's just a great moment because it's just like until they, I'm almost certain, just reuse footage later. <laughs> yes. Mr. Right? Big just has like sixty people waiting around the corner to do this this gag. <laughs> like every time, like they definitely just reuse the same footage. They did. Um, it, it. I think it's a great opening, but it's it is totally undercut because they use it later in yeah. the movie when they kill Strutter with it. Uh, but this opening with this other agent, and then it's just a great line where he's like, "Whose funeral is it?" And he's like, "Yours." And he stabs right. him, <laughs> and then they pick him up with the coffin, and it's just. I think that's great. Um, and then the the final moment is another agent, British agent, dies. They're at this like uh, island on, uh, I think it's like Saint Marine or Saint Marine that would, uh, the sort of Caribbean island. And there's this big voodoo kind yeah. of thing going on, and with a snake. My note was, what the fuck is happening with this weird medicine doctor voodoo shit? I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I think. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It felt so much like that scene in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull when he's caught. Or and they have of like doom. yeah, and they have the snakes and yeah, it's 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 very like oh look at this sort of 
foreign culture yes. and it's like you know wicked and violent and yeah and they're using for sacrifice and it's yeah it's it's a little you know it's, it's troubling but i'll say this the opening song though sequence the beatles music is some of the well, best not beatles just paul mccartney and wings well, this is post beatles it's, just, it's still the beatles so yeah paul the, mccartney the the thing you know i think this is the most famous song other than think skyfall yeah of like the james bond there's a couple other ones that ha- had big uh chart toppers um but this one i think is probably the one that everyone likes a lot and they're and i just saw heard it on the radio today uh driving actually so this one's so it's interesting because this song i've always actually associated with gross point blank oh really? now <laughs> i'll associate it with this movie yeah because of i mean that's what it came from yeah and and um it's so interesting i i love the also just the imagery that they do with the titles and everything like that kind of again it was very good it sets the kind of tone of this 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 movie all right so the next scene he's meeting money penny it's roger moore now i've only i've this is the first roger moore movie i'm seeing yeah i've only ever seen pierce brosnan and uh daniel craig i know i've seen a tiny bit of sean connery when i was little but i actually don't remember any of it so i don't even know if i've actually seen it or not so as far as i'm concerned i've never seen roger moore i've only ever heard awful things about this man no, I think also th- here's the thing with Roger Moore. Uh, Sean Connery is like a big brute of a James Bond. He's this kind yeah. of big lumbering physical guy. Like Sean Connery is all like. He's the English bulldog. Yeah. Whereas Roger Moore is like very smooth. Yeah. He's kind of like witty and Upper charming. Class. He's like. He's the oh, prep school uh, bond. Yeah. He's, he's with the prep school bond. And especially in this because this one, this is when he's the youngest. Yeah. Uh, at 43 years old. Okay. Um, he was older than Sean Connery. He's older than Sean Connery. Okay. Um, which is weird to think that he came after this and he somehow looks younger. I don't know. But anyways. Um, so, yeah, th- this one, you know, Roger Moore does his best. I think his, his Bond often is a very terrible person who often does a lot of terrible things. But I because he's so charming, it, it kind of glosses over his behavior. So here's a weird thing. He's definitely charming, but I don't think he's smooth. No, because he's also got that little goofiness. Like, he kind of messes up and he'll... Like, yeah, like, he seems awkward. Like, he's a little nerdy. <laughs> yeah. Right? A little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I definitely agree. And he's also in the most ridiculous bonds, too, as far as the way they unfold. and Oh, the there's... Devices. I mean, this reminded me more of a Pierce Brosnan movie than a Daniel Craig movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, for sure. Um, So, we're 10 minutes into the movie, and I wrote, we're 10 minutes in... And Roger Moore is already unzipping money dress, money Penny's dress. Like no, 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 no. It's you got it. So he's sleeping with an Italian woman uh-huh. that from a previous mission, and that's when M, his boss, comes over, right? Um, to give him the mission that three agents have died. He's trying to hide her, like because he doesn't want to be like, oh yeah, I've been sleeping with the people. That- I didn't realize that M wasn't always a woman either. Yeah, no, M was always originally a man, and then, like, yeah. yeah. Because I basically grew up with Pierce Brosnan, yeah, yeah, and Daniel Craig, not Bernard Lee, and like this. But this, I love, I love this M because he's just so old and British. Oh, he's and, very old. He's just like uh, very Bond. British. Even in this scene too, he threatens to kill Bond. Yeah, he's like, I wish I could just shoot you. Um, and then Money Penny, the the secretary, that's that's M secretary, comes over, and she's right. usually the one that him and Bond have a very flirtatious relationship. Yes. But they he's never done it, made a move on her. Right. He always just is very playful with her. And she bros before hoes him because she helps him out with M because she knows that the woman's in the closet 
And she's like, oh, I'll help you, like, make sure M doesn't see that, you know. <laughs> I'll help you out, Bond. Yeah. So they have a very, like, a friendly relationship. And... But then he's unzipping that dress with the magnet. Yeah, with the magnet device. And I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, but I think it's, it, he's just being smooth, you know. Again, uh, I'm going to sound like I'm, like, an animal on this, probably, throughout these movies. <laughs> oh, but, no. Um, I, I, I just, yes, it's, it's just who he is. Okay, so he gets a mission. He's got to go find out why these three agents are dying. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I have a new complaint next. Okay. Uh, I have a lot of complaints written down, but there are a lot of things I like, but they come later, the things that I like. Got it. So. Um, well, it, so it happens while they're traveling. Okay. So my complaint was, like, I don't feel like James Bond gets driven. I feel like James Bond drives. <laughs> yes. He, so yeah. He, it just felt weird to me, and it immediately sort of turned me off to Roger Moore a little bit, because... It's like James Bond drives nice cars, and here's this guy sitting in the back of a car. Yeah, a taxi or like basically a it, chauffeur going coming it, from the airport. Yeah, it made him sort of hoity-toity in a way that I didn't appreciate. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's 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 a very classic sense where we're so used to now Bond, you know, going to a new location, getting a car from Q, and dri- you know, you have these driving shots of him. You know, like previously when he was driving that Ford Fiesta in the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like that, that's the image. And so, yeah, it is, it is jarring to see him being sort of uh, captive to the moment. Yeah. Because essentially his driver gets shot by um, a pimp mobile comes by and basically fires a dart into his mm-hmm. neck. And, uh, the car goes out of control and he, you know, has to, Bond has to control it and crash it and very 70s like kind of uh, chase sequence <laughs> which also felt very slow but that's just uh, again that's just something from its time yeah just older movies are slower just the way they're cut like yeah. the shots are longer so edits are fewer yeah. less angles it's just how it works so he meets up with felix lighter yeah how do you feel because we just came off of jeffrey wright well, wait as so, felix so before he meets up with felix doesn't he go to the guy or am i wrong Th- doesn't he get in the taxi cab not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm, I'm, we'll just talk about Felix really quick because he kind of like sort of talks with him over the phone. Yeah, Felix. Um. I mean, it's always fun to have like Bond's cohorts. Yes. Right. No. Yeah. He has allies in the field, and um. But going Jeffrey Wright is so good. Yeah. You know, as like he's just a growly and just like, hey, you know, it's like gonna bring him in. Yeah. Not not the Jeffrey Wright from this Westworld. Guy. No, no, no. But he's a, he's cool, <laughs> Jeffrey, right? Um, but this Felix is so just give me a make on that pimp Bobby Hill. Well, Bond, he's like he's just kind of this weird, grimy kind of <laughs> Felix. Um, but my question is, if he's in the CIA, why is he operating it within the U.S.? You know, that's right. This is kind of like old CIA when they this was when they would do that. Now we're not used to that because there's rules. Yeah, my my guess is because it was an attack on like the mi agents yeah within the u.s right and so they need like they bring the cia to solve solve the problem right so yeah, that makes sense um i just think of like interagency almost... cooperation yeah. true true that makes sense um yeah so bond kind of is already on the tail of what's happening basically felix is keeping his eye on this guy um Kananga, who is the prime minister or the ambassador to saint marine or saint maria the uh island we first saw in the beginning he thinks maybe there's something to do with it there might be a connection we know we need to figure out why um bond goes to a cult shop 
yeah occult uh there's a part in there in my favorite where he like he wants the the cashier to go away for a second so he can like check it out the pit like the car that like killed the driver and he like gets a toy snake and he's like hey i like to buy this and he's like five dollars he's like can i have a gift wrap lengthwise yeah weird <laughs> kind of a dick joke i, I can't really tell if that was <laughs> um then so then he follow he basically gets in a cab after that and this is where the cab part that you uh mentioned okay so going up to harlem he gets in the cab guy's like you want to go to harlem when he says he can go uptown he's yeah. like i'll give you 20 extra dollars yeah. i wrote down this line if you take me he goes for 20 bucks i'll take you to a kkk cookout john how much do you think 20 dollars is worth in 1974 1974 probably like 80 90 bucks 116 dollars oh, adjusted wow. for inflation thank you google uh <laughs> that's a that's a nice tip it was a great tip that's which why. he shouldn't have done because then that guy turns out to be bad that's the one thing that like the problem i have with this movie is that for some reason tom minkowitz the writer and the producers all decided that we're gonna make every person of color like a bad guy and like in a, in cahoots with each other and they all know each other yeah. which just feels like a racist trope right yes. like they all but then know they're each like, other no wait we'll make and the, they're all bad we'll make one cia agent you know black as well right. actually two because there's strutter and, and rosie but one of them was being used one yeah. of them has to, i mean there has to be a double agent it has to be a woman because you can't trust women which is basically the message of <laughs> of all those characters yeah. um but yes yeah, so there's this whole long scene where him him going up the taxi and all these people are radioing in his position, which I thought was just hilarious. Yeah, it was. But that's from the book, actually. So I'm certain it was. Yeah, it's it's kind of in the book. There's just Mr. Big. There's no Kananga. And it's like his network is so vast and he's got all these people eyes everywhere. Yeah, I caught on to the fact that everyone knew everything when he goes into the bar and there's a revolving wall and no one even <laughs> flinches in the bar, which means Everyone that even frequents this place knows that it's like an evil hideout. Or just the hideout in general. Well, like, but And there has to be like a revolving, like they, yeah. they know that fact to um, the point where there's no one even bats an eye. Yes. Uh, I, I love that scene though when he's like, he orders, um, I think it's like a whiskey on the rocks and he's yeah. like, no ice. He's like, ice is, no ice is extra. Like you're gonna pay extra. Well, it'll cost you more, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I guess they fill up to the line, so he's gonna get more alcohol. Yeah, and then and then immediately once he flips around, the guy takes it and drinks this drink. Oh, he takes the money. That <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, uh, uh, then um, so then we meet Doctor Claw. Oh yeah, Teehee. <laughs> uh, great. Like I love I love this character. Yeah, the actor's great too. Yeah, just his his thing and his hook. And yeah, like claw. Um, he turns bones. out to be my second favorite character in it. Oh, okay. My my actual non main character is coming up. Okay, yeah. Um, because he meets well. First, he meets he meets Teehee, and then he also meets uh, Solitaire, uh, a very young Jane Seymour, Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. Oh, um, one of my top five Bond girls in this uh, thing. I think she's great in it. Yeah, this is where like the movie started losing me a little because I already sort of was not into the whole voodoo, dark magic stuff, and then now they're throwing in more superstitions. Like we have Miss Cleo here, yeah, with her cards, and I'm like, cards. oh come on, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of they throw it all in there. It's, I think, a little bit from the book. I know it's because Mr. Big had this woman solitaire as his kind of, you know, right-hand lady. And yeah. And he I mean, kind of steals her this away. This movie's so ridiculous. Like, it feels like Austin Powers today, yes. watching it, right? Yeah. Like, watching no, it, it today feels like an Austin Powers movie. Austin Powers has kind of ruined some of these movies a little bit because it sort of it is on almost the same tone, but yeah. even more goofier. But especially because this one is in the seventies too. Yeah, it's it's a little ridiculous. Um, Bond pulls the lover card from her deck, oh, which yeah. kind of knocks her off her game a bit. Um, and he's like, "I'm gonna put the pressure on this lady." He really puts the pressure on later. Um, so wait, when this happens, right? Did he like? come up with this plan that he was going to make a whole deck of them later and like contact CIA and be like I need you to buy no he like, literally goes into that shop and buys how many packs to get how many lover cards <laughs> that's what I mean is like what are you doing this is a psychopathic like idea yeah. I mean that's what's kind of great about these movies of the old because they're just like so ridiculous yep. and in his rationale for how he does things yep <laughs> um meets Mr. Big Mr. Big immediately like go take him out back and shoot him okay so here I'll tell you what, that's a smart villain. Yeah. I just don't know why they took him out back and killed him. He has a secret room with a secret wall. I don't want to do it right right there. there. Yeah. Do it right there. Why not have a secret floor that opens up that just drops him into spikes? Like, why are you wasting any time? Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, it it makes perfect sense what you're saying. But again, that's like, again, another trope that's not only in Bond, but in plenty of other. But he did the right thing for once. He was like, all right, just kill him. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh. Well, Bond is screwed. He's like, maybe like, he's like, I'm having a meeting in here, so I don't want like the sound or like. Sure, sure. <laughs> he's like, do it out in the trash out in the alleyway. <laughs> sure. Um, but anyways, yeah. So Bond's taken out back, fights off some of his guys. Strutter saves him. Boy, did they make that area look shitty. Or just that's how it was. Yeah. I mean, it might have been bad, but they like purposely made it look and like they picked a place that looked as bad as possible because from the yeah. street, it didn't look like that. Yeah. Then they go in the alley and everything looks like it was burned. It looked from like almost a hundred <laughs> years earlier. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's they make they don't make Harlem look very great. Here. No. But then again, it's like at that time it's and I think that's the problem with this movie as well, is you know, it sets this sort of mindset of like, oh, the these areas are dangerous. You know, they're dangerous for Bond, they're dangerous for you. And I think that's, you know, right. We're still feeling the effects of that today. Well, he makes a pretty good escape here. Um, you know, it, it felt very like it was like a clumsy fight, but sometimes Bond has clumsy fights. Yeah. Like he just sort of throws some stairs down. I mean, it was just weird because like, I don't know where they're bringing him to shoot him. And like, they, they seem to be just like walking him out to the street almost. Yeah. They so kept I, walking him. <laughs> I didn't totally understand what their plan was. Um, so it was clear that they were going to fail. And then we meet the CIA agent who saves yeah. him. Strutter. Yep. He's like, here to save you, buddy. Um, but yeah, so he gets saved and then talks it over with Felix, decides he's going to go down to the Caribbean to basically follow this guy, Kananga, played by Yafet Kodo, who I don't know if you recognize him. He's in like Alien and a bunch of other movies mm. from that time. Uh, great actor. I think he's I think, you know, the Kananga character, I think is pretty good in this movie yeah. overall. I think he's a great villain. Yeah. Um, I think he's super fun. But um, so then... We go down to the Caribbean. This is where we meet. Uh, he checks in at the hotel. Uh, we meet a few characters right in a row. We're introduced to Baron Samedi. Yep. Um, uh, Jeffrey Holder, 
played by Jeffrey, who's a legendary dancer, chore- choreographer for like Broadway and all these other things. Uh, playing a, this is where obviously you have a problem with it. This is one of my favorite characters, mm. um, just because I love the actor and I also just l- like the idea of bringing a, a deity to life sure. in a very subtle way. Yep. <laughs> obviously, his introduction in this movie is a little ridiculous because it's like, Hey everybody, it's Baron Samedi, but he's just here to dance. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> you know? whole thing was weird. <laughs> the whole thing is weird, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was like one of those like you know Disneyland Hawaii. I started tuning out till we met my favorite character, uh, Quirrell Junior. No, Whisper. Oh, Whisper. Yeah, Whisper's great. <laughs> Whisper's my favorite character. When you meet him in the hotel room, I think what did I write Champagne. down? I wrote I wrote I'm something down about him. I was like, what was with Mr. Raspy voice? Yeah, so Whisper. Um, He's like, you need anything else? Yeah. I was like, what? And then later when he when he gets called Whisper, I was like, that's awesome. I love this guy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, in the book, Whisper is just the radio guy. Like, he's the guy that's, like, almost like, like the Warriors. He's broadcasting out to the other people, like, orders right, and everything like right. that. And so... But he whispers, and so that's like the sure. the whole his whole deal. So it's funny that they take elements of the book, but they're just sort of like, yeah, we're just gonna make him a character who just has a raspy voice. There was <laughs> nothing like stealthy about this guy. Like I wouldn't want him to be like one of my secret like goons because he just looks like he's gonna get you caught. Yeah, he's a little stumbly and just kind of. I'll see you later, Mister Bond. <laughs> like I'm just gonna leave this snake in your bathroom. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh. Yeah. Right before, I think at the same time when the snake when the snake comes in and and Bond torches it with his hairspray. Yeah, he which super would flinches not work. when he does it too. <laughs> that like tiny flame is not going to kill that snake. Yeah, and also it's like a tiny little snake. I don't think it would, right. Would, doesn't even seem like unless poisonous. it's poisonous. Like it could be like a black mamba. That's true. They're it didn't seem snakes. like that aggressive. It seemed pretty pretty tame. Um. Then we meet Rosie. Then we yeah Miss Carver. Um, so Who's, by the way, pretty ripped. She's got a great body. She was ripped, which like I was shocked by because typically she's like, in that swimsuit later. You're just like, damn. When she took her jacket off, I saw her arms. I was like, whoa, yeah. like not typical for women of this time in like when they're like a love interest character too. Yeah. No, no, that, I, that, yeah, that was interesting. I think as just from a traditional, cause if you compare it to solitaire, who's very like a traditional bond girl. Yeah. Um, to God, Rosie, it's solitaire. It's very different. Um, all the like makeup and stuff they had on her, and that crazy like Queen Amidala outfit. That's yeah. when I was like, okay, cool, we're in Mortal Kombat again. <laughs> like she just looks like a character from Mortal Kombat there. Yeah. But then you have Miss Carver freaking out about this hat, like more stupid superstitious. Yeah, stuff. they um, they totally undercut her by being her, making her so incompetent. And Bond is so mean to her. I don't know if they reboot this. If they could make it good without cutting that stuff that you like. No, I think you could have some things. I'm not talking about that stuff. Okay. I, like, but having a bond with a little bit of supernatural yeah, yeah. aspect to it is something like I would love for them to go away from this whole Jason Bourne like iteration of Bond where it's like blunt action man type of thing with like sure. cutting and like fist fights and do more of things like this in some, in some ways. Okay, that's fair. It's like Bond should go into other genres sometimes, yeah, which would fair. be kind of interesting. I could see that. But um, yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, Rosie, we meet Rosie. Um, the next day, Bond is wearing my favorite outfit of the movie, which is that denim like suit. 
with the wife beater. <laughs> like he's dressed like my grandpa <laughs> used to dress. It was so great. Um, but so they go, they need a boat because they're going to go basically to the island to the point where Baines died, the, the agent she right. was working with. Um, so they, this is where we meet Coral Jr. Now, the reason why he's called Coral Jr. is because his father, Coral, is a character in the books, but he dies in Dr. No, uh, which was the, ended up being the first movie, even though Dr. Dr. No is a later. It doesn't make you a senior, though. You're still the junior. Correct. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that, like, they killed him off in the first movie. Right. And they're like, well, but he's a prominent character through a lot, some of the books. So they're like, well, if you're going to go to the Caribbean, you're going to meet up with Coral, but Coral's dead, so we'll just make Coral Jr. I see, I see. <laughs> and also Bond introduced... Coral Q? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, like Q-U-A-R-R-E-L. Yeah. Um, he introduces him with the, the my favorite line. is like, meet the man who shares my hairbrush. Whatever that means. <laughs> like, he stays yeah, over weird. at my place. We, we comb each other using the same uh, hair. I don't know. My hairbrush, uh, whatever. Who knows? But um, I'm going to start using that to introduce people that I'm close with. Here's the man who shares my toilet paper. <laughs> Not like the same sheet, right? Well, you know, we're that close. <laughs> God. Um, so, yeah, the they go to uh, they go around the island. Um, Rosie points out where they need to go. Uh, Coral leaves them. They, they get a car. Um, Coral, uh, Rosie's going to take them to the spot. This is where we learn that um she's gonna betray bond or she's a double agent yeah she sees that scarecrow yeah and and um and bond figures this out basically that she is uh, she's gonna betray him so she has he has this moment where um it's right when she's freaking out about the uh the scarecrows and he points a gun at her and he's all like basically you have two choices you can either like tell me the thing or i'll basically kill you um and if you ever go back and rewatch it there's a, when he, he says a line, he says, make your choice, mm-hmm. but he says it right when the theme starts and it syncs up perfectly. So it sounds like he goes, make your choice, make your choice. <laughs> make. <laughs> I'm you like, did they guess. not like you edit this movie correctly? <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Yeah. So if you ever go back and watch it, it's just, re- I can't never not hear that now. But, um, uh, anyways, um, so Rosie dies cause one of the scarecrows shoots her. Good. <laughs> So she's out of the way. Um, Bond then has to sneak into the house where Solitaire is because his plan is that he's going to seduce her. Which he does. To knock out her power. Right. He, But th- that, but there's no power, right? Like, not really. Well. Or was there? She was able to use the cards to predict the future. And then once she slept with Bond... She no longer had that, and she outlines that her mom had it until she lost her virginity and the mom before that. And so, yeah, it's so weird. It's this is the worst part of the movie because like it's like he ruined her. Yeah, it's gross, man. Also, considering that he's like forty three in this movie, and like she's like twenty. Yeah, um, or if not younger, um, and he tricks her. It's it's not that he ruins her; he also tricks her to do it. Yep. Which is essentially, I think you can call that rape in some ways. Yeah, the whole thing is problematic, man. Because he tricks her into thinking that he, the lover card, that she also pulls it from a deck that he stacked 
to then convince her that like well she and she's brainwashed so she believes these things have to happen to correct like that's the other thing like she is not of sound mind even if she's of age she's yeah. not of sound mind. not only like was she brainwashed i think by her family but also kananga right and like his whole thing you know kept her in line but she's totally cool with losing her power though because essentially she uh, J- james bond's like you want another go at it and she's like oh sure <laughs> Yeah, you know? <laughs> just like wow, you just lost your supernatural power. It's like Bond, don't aren't you on like a secret mission? Don't you need to like get the heck out of there? I love how he cu- he uh, hang glides to the to the yeah. Hang- okay, so I wrote about the paragliding. It reminded me of Pierce Brosnan when he does like the surfing scene. <laughs> yeah, he has the surfing scene. There's another part later where he skis and uh, yeah does some things that, like that. It felt very Pierce Brosnan to me. He's in all black. Yeah, a lot of these movies are what's the coolest, what's the hottest thing nowadays? I and see. let's put it in so our movie. People were big in parasailing in 1973. I think so. I think it was a new okay. kind of thing. Um, but what I wanted to point out was that he's he's paragliding in a kind of a dark suit. Yeah. And then when he lands, he flips it. He like rips out the pants and then flips yeah. the jacket on. It's a tan suit. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, this is a better outfit for seducing yeah. like, than my black suit. Well, it was more like a wetsuit when he was flying. Sure, it was. It was almost like a. It was a dark suit. I don't know. It was mm. funny. <laughs> um. So when he escapes with solitaire, they walk by this dude with a flute. So that's Baron Samedi. Yeah. Right, true. but like no one would. There wouldn't just be a dude outside with a flute. Like that's no one whole... would just walk by him and like act like nothing. Why wouldn't he just take that guy out? If, like, he's I, not going to just like start attacking locals if he thinks he's just a. You do, there's. There's no way at this point you are that naive to believe this dude is just a local. No dude's just hanging around with like a flute in the jungle by the evil lair. That's not maybe how this works. Maybe he recognized him as from the show and he's like, maybe I shouldn't mess with this dude. I know. The guy looked insane. Well, Baron Somebody can't die. So that's the thing. Um, you know. <laughs> so maybe Bron learned early. But he, because, yeah, he fights him at the end. Yeah. And that's the coolest part to me. But he... Baron somebody explodes and then reappears. But, yeah. Um. So yeah. So makes him, you wonder why he's still not taking Bond down today. Maybe he's haunting his dreams. That's why Bond can't sleep. <laughs> That's why. He, yeah. Um. So him and Salter find out what Kananga is trying to hide, which is heroin. Lots and lots of heroin. So, um, which they're supplying to the U.S. and the big drug trade. Yeah. Uh. So then he tries to get away, and then there's a big plane escape after he well, gets caught. Well, first there's a big bu- there's a bus escape, which yeah, I thought was kind of cool. Oh. Really? It was the slowest it like, was boring, car chase ever. But He's in a double-decker bus. Yes. So did you know that Like, I was like, looked up the sort of backstory or like just on behind the scenes? And in the part where he rams the bus into that bridge and knocks the top off, they didn't like cut the bus in any way. They just rammed it and see- to see what would happen. <laughs> And that's and then they came up with like oh the piece flies off and then the and then the thing will fall so they oh kind of came up God. with that on the fly and then also I learned that throughout that whole scene it actually is Jane Seymour in the back of that bus not a stunt double like they put their main actress in the this way they bus. used to do these things it was insane <laughs> surprisingly no one died in these yeah things. it really is I know that that is that is crazy um and then yes and then we get the whole plane sequence it felt like i was playing grand theft auto like i was in the plane and my friends were chasing me in the cars and everyone was hitting into stuff and like the wings are off and i was still driving it anyway and this is the first and only 
maybe we get we get it in the modern day, but like this is really the first time of a, a, a curse word where the woman's like, holy shit. Yeah, the old lady was not funny. She was like, you're over revving. Like, yeah. shut up. And they, I think they almost use the same shot of her looking at him when he like gets in and out of the, out of the plane. It's just this like blank stare. Yeah. <laughs> Again, th- these movies were directed just like so like, eh, fuck it. Like, ne- you know, cut next. Let's move on. Well, and then, and then they like do the whole thing with like the guy who is her actual teacher and you see Bond later and they're talking, they get a phone call and they're like yelling at the CIA. Like, yeah, yeah. Felix is on the call. He's like, yeah, I understand. You can glue the wings on, right? Like, like come on. It's like, why would he be in touch with a, like almost a high up CIA agent? <laughs> that is not how this works. Yeah. Um, then uh, they go to New Orleans uh, because they need to find the connection between the heroine and Mr. Big. You get and, that sweet march again. Oh uh, yes, Strutter gets the the whole funeral uh, murder. Uh, the Bond goes to Phileoso with Felix. I love this like soul version of "Live and Let Die." The woman sings. I think oh, it was, great. it was so good. Yeah, in that club, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And I love the part where he's like, "Let's not go to the booth. I want to yeah. sit in the table." But then the table goes down. <laughs> yeah, I knew that was coming. I would just be like, <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna seat myself." <laughs> How's that sound? Yeah. It's like he purposely, he like walked by four other tables. He's like, you sit here. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? You sit there. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where, um, yeah, because at back at the airport, Solitaire was taken by uh, Kaninga's guys. Um, and then this is where he's reunited with her at the bottom. Uh, and this is where we get the Mr. Big twist. Yeah, this is, I mean, Crazy. so in that scene, I'm watching it, and I'm looking at his face the whole time, and I'm like, like, what is up with that guy? I'm like, why does his face look so weird? I was like, why'd they put so much powder on his face? It looks so, like, something looks wrong, and then he starts peeling his skin off, Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? I actually wrote, like, what the fuck, like, three times. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Yeah, it's not a Mission Impossible, like, one tear off type of thing. It's like, he gets no. the nose, and then he, like, struggles to get the rest of like, his face. First, and the it wig. just looked like a really bad sunburn that he was peeling off. Yeah. Uh, it's it's. And it's like, oh, he's a lizard person. He's yeah. molting. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting. But, um, yeah, it, and you kind of know, you, you kind of know pretty quickly it's Kananga. Like, yeah. Even before he takes it off, you're just like, yeah, it's it's him. It's like, Yafet Kodo. I like this whole sequence where Bond is like in the chair. You got the guy with the claw. And he's you like, the first you're going to take off his finger. Yeah. And then if not, we're going to move on to more important parts. Yeah. AKA and his it, dick. And then <laughs> it basically was like 50-50 on if Bond got chopped up there or not. Like Solitaire basically flips a coin. Because so, basically, uh, yeah, Kaninga's so pissed off that she might not have her power anymore. That he does the whole thing where he's like, I'm going to test it. He's like, give me your watch. He's like, what's the, the registration number is this? Is it right. true or false? And she guesses and she guesses wrong. And then he has the craziest line where he goes, I gave you a 50-50 chance and you weren't even close. Like, what? Right. Like, 50-50 means you, it's one answer or not. Right. Like, you can't be close or not close. It's a bad line, John. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so Bond gets taken uh, by Teehee, uh to the alligator farm this is where we get the famous 
run across the alligators. Uh, yeah, it's also like during that sequence is when we find out that guy's name was Whisper. Yeah, that's right. Which that I wrote, this movie is a riot because I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> it's yeah. such a good name. Yeah, Whisper and Teehee. Yeah, did you notice the weird Foley work with the Crocs? Because it was like gross. It was like very quiet, except for like just random, just like yeah, eating. It was like someone just like dropping stuff in a toilet, or like had like a sponge and they would like squeeze it, and then like some weird sort of froggy alligator sounds. Yeah, I I actually really enjoyed the speech by Teehee, where he's like talking about the gators and like oh yeah, how they grow up. He's like like sometimes they can go a year without being fed and like yeah i thought this whole sequence was great um it was a little silly it felt like a donkey kong video game when he runs across the alligators yeah but almost all of it worked for me except there were just moments where when it was just him with the gators it just got really quiet and the sound was so weird just totally because he uses then his magnet watch to like try to get the boat over it doesn't work and he just used it on te's hand yeah, maybe he didn't want people to realize it was it was a mm. magnet watch so they could take it from him. Um, but yeah, I loved the. I yes, it is ridiculous. Ryan across the gators. Um, there's a video out there of them all the other takes of him doing it of the the stunt man like where he fails, <laughs> like trips yeah. on the gators yeah. and something. They actually like those are real gators. No, no. Yeah, no, it's real. Did they, he wait first? They actually. Okay, so this is a problem I have with old movies. Like, <laughs> they have a guy running on alligators. Yeah. That's not okay. So it's like the the guy that's running across, actually isn't even a stunt double. It's the guy who owns the farm. That's like, not okay. Life, and he ties down his own gators and then runs across them. That's not okay. I know. It is terrible. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's what, how they used to do it. This is before PETA and all, everything and all these other things. So never we'll never get We'll get CGI gators now. He'll run across. <laughs> that's insanity yeah so he then sets fire to the because um, that's like i said like their meth uh, heroin operations are also by the alligator farm uh he sets that whole place on fire escapes on boat that's where you get this whole boat chase sequence um yeah, it's it feels very bond yeah they got, there's some good moments it can get a, it's a little slow also like at times as well I mean, boat chases a lot of times are unless it's like you it depends on the music but there's just part where there's just no music too yeah, you got to be on like a ski do. You got to be on like a jet ski and like oh, a Oh, they should have done the fan boats. That would have been a little more interesting. <laughs> Especially when you're in the bayou. Down in the bayou. Yeah, so this is where we're also introduced to uh, Sheriff J.W. Pepper. The, oh, yes. You know, I think the worst yes. character of the... Uh, the racist. Yes. Um, and that's and he, you know, gets pulled into the chase. And I think I, they obviously thought like audiences yeah. want this as comedy and they are flippant with the information they give out they're like oh he's a secret agent from london for like, who's sad <laughs> for like wait hold on why are we telling this hillbilly yeah that this guy is a secret agent like shouldn't no one know this information <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy um i hated that guy yeah so much you're gonna love it because they bring him back for the next movie why for no reason other than i think he was actually super popular because of this movie oh no like people it's actually because it's all the white supremacists that like him yeah and also i think people outside of america liked that cartoonishness of yeah like a southern hick yeah um, until people realize they're actually vile yeah but it makes no sense because in the next <laughs> when movie, they run your country he runs into bond while on vacation in thailand so it's like why is, is the next this... movie moonraker no no when's that that well it's there's i thought um, that was the third book 
that's the next one we'll watch. I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking about, uh, uh, I'm talking about it, in, it, in movie chronological Because of the way we're watching it. It's, okay. Yeah. So, I'm really excited about Moonraker. Oh, my God. If you thought this movie was ridiculous, yeah. Moonraker. I hear is... it's amazing. I hear it's amazing. Here, the movie's amazing, and everything online has said it's the best book. That's the. I'm going to read two of these books. I'm reading the book books is right now. so much different than the movie. Ah, like the movie is really bad. Isn't there a bunch of stuff from Moonraker in the James Bond Goldeneye video game? Because they like have like yeah, the laser they have some stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you get a Moonraker, it's a it's a reaction to Star Wars. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I know it's it sounds awesome, and but in you, I I want all be excited. To Who's the Bond in that? Uh, it's still Roger Moore. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a that's lot what of, I want. I want the next Daniel Craig to be Moonraker. It's also remake. not going to make a lot of sense because there's Jaws is in it, but you don't really understand why he's in it. Okay. Um, because he's set up in the previous movie. Yeah, uh, that's but, fine. Yes. I want to see. I want to see a Daniel Craig remake of Moonraker. <laughs> <laughs> I it would be bonkers if that happened. Heck yeah, it would um, be. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so then basically. As we kind of get to the, let's just kind of cruise along to the finale. Let's get to here. the. Well, let's. I just have one thing to say because we get to the secret hideout, like the real lair. Yeah, it's like thing. the true villain's lair. Which, to me, the biggest problem I have with the movie is it doesn't actually end there. Like the movie should have ended there. There shouldn't have been a train. Like they should have figured out how to wrap up everything. Oh, like you didn't like the the sort of. Uh, it wasn't even that I didn't like that scene. stuff. It just went on too long. It felt like the movie just needed to come to a close a little faster. Yeah. But I loved the scene in the villain's lair with Whisper when he shoots the, the couch <laughs> and the couch expands. And he goes up over it. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. I think that's cool. I don't know. What do you feel about Kananga's death? It's fine. Is it? It doesn't really make much sense that... Because essentially they they got a balloon no, but, of him. You know this guy. Where's the like I can't even die. So like, but where's the blood? Where's the guts? Like he just explodes into air, <laughs> and it's like this bad zoom too. Yeah, maybe it, it just goes so far away you don't see it. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's the most ridiculous. Actually, Moonraker has the second most ridiculous moment. But that is, I, I think, from a like visually hilariousness, that is one of the top moments. It's just this man that. <laughs> inflates and then explodes by canister um but yeah then and then this happens a lot but there will be like the villains defeated and then you have to defeat the like the one remaining bad guy which is tihi yeah it's like a video train. game yeah um and then he defeats him by getting his hook kind of thing and tosses him out the out the window um and then you get the little button on the end with baron samedi in the front of the train which you're like i don't know what this means other than baron samedi gonna haunt you know, James Bond yeah, for life. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think it's good they just didn't go back to any of the superstitious stuff again. Yeah. So. It's like we don't need Baron Smitty hanging around all the time. No. But it was weird. It was a weird movie, John. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's really good. That's it. Um, just a quick thing. What what different between the book and this? Um, in the book, it's like James Bond's trying to figure out what how Mr. Big has this big operation. It follow like basically goes follows the trail down to Florida and then into the Caribbean where basically it's all about like Russian gold. What? So like a Russian ship sank in the Caribbean and then Mr. Big has been uh, extracting the gold and then like uh, laundering it in the US to like fund his drug operations and everything. Okay, like that. okay. So that's, that's basically the whole that that's more thing. And then um, Felix gets his uh, 
uh, legs uh, eaten off by a shark in that in the book. What? Which comes up way later in a later movie. So they don't use it in this one, but they reuse it later. So it's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, that's going to, I think, wrap it up for this time. Yes, it will. Uh, Christian, why don't you let the people know where they can uh, keep hearing your voice? I'm at Christian underscore Humes everywhere on the internet. And I'm uh, John Murphy, and you can find me at the John Murphy on Twitter, John Paul Murphy on Instagram, and JohnMurphyWrites.com. And, uh, you know, butt to hook. <laughs>